0: The way I know people are more prepared to be in the same room is, are they taking responsibility
1: for their part? (laughs) Are they humbling themselves? Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Viers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry? or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church. And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action, and today we're talking to Dr. Ernie Baker. You know, I've just been blessed by getting to know so many women, so many men who are involved in the biblical counseling movement. It's just a pleasure. There's a richness and a depth that comes from being involved in this organization, ACBC, and just other groups of people, and Ernie, you're sure one of those people. I see you as a gift from the Lord to me and to our Church, and I'm really glad for that. You know, I often say this when I'm talking to the people on the podcast because I'm amazed at how many different hats people wear. People <laughs> in the biblical counseling movement are hard-working women, hard-working men. They sacrifice, they want to make their lives count for God. So maybe we just need to start there, Ernie. Can you tell our listeners all the different hats you wear?
0: It's really good to be with you, Steve, and I'm very thankful for your ministry as well. Thank you. So I'm the pastor of counseling at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, where Heath Lambert is the senior pastor. The Lord has blessed the ministry there over the last six years, and we've been establishing biblical counseling at the church Hmm and raising up counselors, and we now have a whole counseling team and a fully operating counseling center Mm. in two locations, and I'm just very thankful for that. But right now I'm moving into a part-time position with the church, Mm. and I'll still be involved with overseeing. I think my new title is going to be something like Pastor of Counseling Supervision or something like that. I see. But I'm starting to work with overseas instruction and counseling Mm -hmm. as some I guess you'd call it the academic dean, mm-hmm. and we have nine seminaries around the world currently and nine more locations that would like biblical counseling training, so I'm working with those schools to get professors there and just really excited about what's happening around the world with biblical counseling, and, and then I still teach with masters at university, so... Mm -hmm. very thankful to be involved with Masters University as well.
1: So when you think about splitting your time moving forward, percentage-wise, how's that going to work?
0: Well, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, (laughs) I'm very blessed. uh, So Heath Lambert and Sean Perrone, who I work directly with, they're being very gracious, and they're excited about OIC and Mm -hmm. uh, me being able to influence the church staff and the church with missions and keeping Mm -hmm. everybody up to speed. So they're being very gracious with allowing me to get my feet wet with
1: OIC now. I see. OIC ministers in some incredible countries. And I don't know, are you free to talk about some of the countries where they serve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be... Can it'd you be tell great. us tell sure. us some of them?
0: Yeah, I'm in discussions right now with Ethiopia. That's a brand new seminary in Ethiopia. And we've been in Uganda for a, a long, long time in Uganda and Jordan and Lebanon. And then there is the possibility of a new seminary in Pakistan. We have two locations in the Philippines. There's a potential of two schools in Costa Rica. So just all over the place, and there's all kinds of demand for biblical counseling training.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just amazing. Some of those countries, you would have never thought that there would be the openness. Do you think that biblical counseling is a tool for next-generation missions work? Oh,
0: yeah. It's cutting edge. As you know, this just Fits right in with the Great Commission and oh, making disciples, and it just excites me down to the depth of my being to oh, I be bet. able to be involved.
1: Well, and I've often thought about first wave missions work being evangelism and church planting, but perhaps second wave being this level of discipleship, which is really what we're talking about anyway, but how do we provide biblical counseling, not just biblical counseling as an entity or a practice, but biblical counseling principles that would permeate all facets of local church ministry. So once that church has been started, this second wave or second emphasis can be helpful in strengthening the churches that have been started.
0: There's actually two levels of training with uh, OIC. The one is the academic, but even before that we have CLTs, and there's four CLT modules. We just had an OIC dinner, and at the OIC dinner, there were about 40 people there, mm. and between now and January, we will be in 15 different countries doing CLT training, which mm. is leadership training, and hundreds, when we go into a country and do those CLT modules, hundreds of church leaders come for that training. It's just amazing to watch.
1: Well, and it's also interesting that you have an academic background, too, because of your work at Masters, and so to be able to provide a what you called an academic dean function for OIC, that just, it's almost as if a sovereign God was planning all of this in <laughs> your life. Do you think that might be true?
0: Oh, very much so. <laughs> yes, very much so.
1: Hey, let's back up for a minute, and I think our listeners would enjoy just learning, how did a guy like you get involved and interested in biblical counseling?
0: So, I feel very blessed that way back in 1978, I was introduced to biblical counseling in a real introduction to biblical counseling class at a small Bible college called Washington Bible College outside of D.C. And <laughs> as I sat in that introduction to biblical counseling class, we were using J. Adams material because there wasn't much else. I was at just going to say,
1: at that time, what else would there be?
0: Yeah, we had the Christian Counselor's Manual. And we had competent to Counsel, and that was pretty much all there was. And as I was sitting listening to the professor, I thought, this is totally consistent with what I'm hearing in my theology classes about the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture. Amen. I got excited about it. Yeah. And we had Jay Adams come. He would come and do lecture series at our school. And then I went to seminary. I got really intrigued about the soul and the mind and the inner person and how all that works. And in seminary, we had a guy named John Broger from Biblical Counseling Foundation. That's right. I went to Capital Bible Seminary, and he was based less than an hour away Hmm. at a a church. I uh, didn't know that. I've always associated with him in California. No, before that, he was in Virginia. I did not know that. Yeah, so they came to our seminary, Capitol Seminary, and they did an elective. I had kind of an integration type of class that I had to take for seminary, but they offered a biblical counseling elective, and so I took that as one of my very few electives that I got in
1: seminary. Yeah. And for our listeners, there's John Broger has a very important part in the the establishment of Nank. Yes. All the way back. And ACBC used to be called Nank, the National Association of Neuthetic Counselors. And as I understand it historically, John Broger was the one who wanted to see a level of certification for laypersons. Mm-hmm. And so the initial thought was this was going to be Certification for pastors and Broger wanted a lay level, which is how ACBC got at that time Nank, how they got a level one and a level two membership. John Broger, as I've heard the story told, he was the guy mm-hmm. who stood for that. And I think that many of us would say, subsequently, I'm so glad that there's a level of certification for non ordained persons to yeah. do counseling. Amen. Yeah, so I kind of interrupted you there. That's I did okay. not know you had any contact with John Broger before, so pick it up from there.
0: Then I just got busy, and so I was introduced to Nank back then, but just got busy in pastoral ministry mm-hmm. in the 80s, and never was able to do Nank certification, or just didn't make the time to do it, <laughs> and just kept telling myself, you know, I'm a biblical counselor, I'm just not certified, so yeah. I would say I've practiced biblical counseling since the, you know, the early 80s, hmm. but Then the Lord led us to do ministry near Virginia Tech University, and we were there 14 years. And I realized just all the issues that students had and professors had. Most of our church was made up of students and Mm -hmm. professors of Virginia Tech. And I just was drowning with all the issues that were being brought my way. And I thought, okay, I've always wanted to do a doctoral degree. And then I heard about David Pallison and Mm -hmm. Westminster Seminary and that was 20-some years ago now. So that I started the doctoral program, and a guy named John Street was actually my roommate. Is uh, that right? So during the day, we would go to class, and at night, he was my supervisor, and we'd go over my case reports back in the dorm room, <laughs> back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got really serious about biblical counseling, and it became a specialty, and then in God's providence, because of knowing John. When Stuart Scott left Masters to go to Southern to establish biblical counseling at Southern, that opened up a spot at Masters, and so John called me to see if I'd be interested in pursuing that, and I just love the Masters University huh. and everything that it represents, and mm-hmm. so thankful. I'm chairing the online biblical counseling degree right now, bachelor's degree. I see. And we have about 150 online bachelor's degree students in there. I just had a student recently who's a missionary in Nepal, wow. and he was writing me saying, I'm doing my homework looking at the Himalayas. So wow. It was exciting to interact with him. Isn't that amazing? It is.
1: That really is amazing. And praise the Lord for just the journey that he's taken you on. Yep. Let's talk about this matter of mediation, because I know you're very, very interested in Christian mediation. So can you just talk to us about what do you even mean by that, okay. and then why is it so important? Can you unpack any of that topic that you think would be helpful to our listeners?
0: Yep, and I'm really thankful for the opportunity. Uh, Robert Jones from Southern, he and I have talked for years about the need for the biblical counseling world to learn about the biblical conciliation world and the biblical conciliation world to learn about the biblical counseling world and that there hasn't been enough cross-pollinating between the two organizations so he and i have both have been involved with what's called the institute for christian conciliation for many many years we're both certified both with acbc and the icc the institute for christian conciliation And the reason I got interested is I went through a major church conflict as a young pastor, Mm -hmm. and we called in a mediator, and I thought the mediator, even back then, as a young pastor, I thought, this is not biblical, (laughs) the way that this is happening, Mm -hmm. and I just got chewed up as a young pastor, and I Mm -hmm. just kept thinking, there's got to be a better way to do this when there's church conflicts. Mm -hmm. and. Then I found out about this guy named Ken Sandy. Yep. And he wrote a book called The Peacemaker, and I got introduced to that book, and I thought, finally, somebody has put in writing what the Bible has to say about relational conflict. And I didn't know at that time that he had developed a whole mediation process to help people that when relationships get to the point that they're in crisis, what do you do to help people get reconciled? So if you think about people... I'll just use marriage as an example. Marriages that have gotten to the point where they're not, it's not just a bad marriage, but they're separated. They're in Mm -hmm. a separate home. and Or divorce papers have already been served. So the marriage is at a crisis point. What do you do to help people get reconciled? Mm -hmm. And so we use mediation. And one of the unique things is at our counseling center is we do not only traditional biblical counseling, but we also offer mediation, and we do family mediations, we do marriage mediations, we'd even do business mediations Mm. if I haven't done one of those, but we would be prepared to even do business mediations. So again, Robert Jones and I both went through the training with the ICC and learned the whole mediation process, and it involves two steps. The first step is pre-mediation, and what I tell my students is the key to a successful mediation is good pre-mediation. Interesting. And we wouldn't put people in the same room to get reconciled unless they were really prepared Mm -hmm. to be in the same room. And the way I know people are more prepared to be in the same room is, are they taking responsibility for their part? Mm -hmm. Are they humbling themselves? Are they ready to confess some sin? and? So it typically takes us somewhere between, I'd say, five to seven pre-mediation sessions. And we have a very specific protocol we go through Mm -hmm. in those pre-mediation sessions. And they get confessions prepared. We find out what the issues are that are separating people. What have they been fighting about? Mm -hmm. What are they complaining about? And then the second step is the actual mediation. And that's typically, for me, it's about a day and a half. So we schedule like a Friday evening and then a whole day Saturday. Hmm. And we're sitting in a room with people who are now prepared and in a more humble state. And then they come into the room and they, it's beautiful to watch, Hmm. watch people confess sin to each other and grant forgiveness. And then we work through the issues that have been separating them. And we just had a mediation a few weeks ago and it was just beautiful. Hmm. Amen. It was a couple on their way to divorce and we have another one coming up here in a couple of weeks at our church. Again, another couple that talking about divorce, but now they're willing to work through a mediation Hmm. process.
1: Amen. Amen. That is exciting for sure. Uh, Let's say a person wanted more training in that. Even a person who's doing biblical counseling, but says, I would like to have more specialized training in that. Is there a way to get that?
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of options. So ACBC now, so people that who are already ACBC certified, we now have a reconciliation Specialization. Mm-hmm. The thing that Bob and I have tried to give input on, though, with the ACBC specialization is it doesn't include mediation training. So at our church, we include with the ACBC specialization, we have what we call the School of Mediation. So Bob and I have been doing the School of Mediation together for five years now, and it's kind of a dream come true mm-hmm. where we've been trying to bridge that gap between mm-hmm. the conciliation world and the biblical counseling world and we just had our most recent version of the school of mediation where we go through all of the required topics for the reconciliation specialization for acbc but in addition to that we teach them mediation methodology and we actually role play it it's kind of fun to we give them case studies and they have to do what i call mini mediation so while they're there they practice doing the mediation process and then bob and i give them feedback on how they're doing in the process. So fbcjax.com. we have information on the School of Mediation. Another way to get training is through the Institute for Christian Conciliation, mm-hmm. and the parent organization now is called Ambassadors of Reconciliation. Huh. So aor.org, huh. Ambassadors of Reconciliation, and they have so many good resources on their website And there's also—that's the home of the ICC now, so the Institute for Christian Conciliation. And they offer training. They have online training, and people that are interested can get—just like ACBC, there's basic training, there's intermediate-level training, and then there's a mentored supervision. Mm. Just like we do for ACBC, there's mentored supervision. Where is ICC located now? So it is with aor.org. And since we do everything electronically, I can't remember what state they're (laughs) in, but I know it's in the Midwest. I think they're in the St. Louis area or something like that.
1: I see. Hey, what projects do you have going on right now that our listeners might be blessed by hearing about? Wow. There's always projects.
0: Uh, So (laughs) right now, working with OIC on really clear learning objectives for all of our academic courses so that our professors around the world. When they go to teach a class, we have very clear learning Mm -hmm. objectives. So we're doing a lot of that with both the CLT training for local churches and then also the academic level. I'm working on that. I am trying to carve out time to work on a book on forgiveness. I'm really Mm -hmm. interested in that whole topic of forgiveness and want to do writing on that. And then a project for our church is we want to develop a grief curriculum.
1: So hmm.
0: again, there's always always projects. Yeah.
1: What about books that you have written that would be a blessing to the folks listening? Thanks for asking. I appreciate <laughs>
0: that. So, Mary Wisely, Mary Well is a book that I wrote a few years ago, and I can't think of a more needed topic right now, just with the state of marriage in our culture, than helping young people make a wise choice of a spouse. Mm-hmm. So I had two goals in writing that book it's all based on the idea of what is wisdom biblically. Now, how do you apply biblical wisdom to making a choice of a spouse? And then how do you get yourself ready for marriage even before being in a relationship? So hmm. that's the topic of Marry Wisely, Marry Well. Hmm. And it came out of... We're the parents of six children, so it came out of desperation <laughs> of how do I help my kids make wise yep. choices? Yeah. And then... Because I'm so interested in the topic of conflict resolution, I wrote a little booklet called Help, I'm in a Conflict, and mm. it's part of the Shepherd Press mini-book series, and we have 53 titles now, I believe, wow. in that series. And the thing I like about those booklets is each of the authors... So someone can use those booklets and not even have to have been trained as a biblical counselor. You can uh-huh. read the booklet, and then we designed homework at the end of each one, mm. and... We, You can just work through the homework with people at the end if you're discipling someone. And then I wrote another booklet called Help Disability Pressures My Marriage, and that was in conjunction with Johnny and Friends Ministry. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole series of disability literature now, and we have five booklets related to disabilities. And then Paul Todges is the main editor of that, and he has another book on disability that goes with, you can mm-hmm. buy a whole package from Johnny and Friends Ministry
1: on disability ministry. Well, and it's wonderful that Johnny is so passionate about being sure that the resources they have are biblical. Yeah, amen. And that we have... She's one of
0: my heroes. I'm so thankful oh, for her. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And thank the Lord that there are women and men who are writing excellent resources that they can then provide. So it's been a great partnership, hasn't it? Yes wonderful. Yeah. Any other books that you have that you'd like to talk with us about? Well, only chapters from other books. So okay.
0: I've been involved with the BCC projects and mm-hmm. a book for the Masters University. That's an interesting book. Professors at Masters, we wrote a book on how to think biblically about all kinds of different topics. And hmm. So I have a chapter in that book. We were really concerned about the issue of historical Adam and we're adam and eve really historical figures and Hmm. so i have a chapter in that book on it's called what happened in the garden and my chapter is the significance of sin for the psychologies
1: but interesting that was a
0: fun chapter to write
1: interesting well listen ernie i appreciate your friendship and thank you for serving us today and i'm sure that there's many people who are going to say i want to get some more mediation training i hope they do yeah so thank you for telling us all about that i wish you the very best
0: thank you thanks steve
1: You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org, or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts, and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Now, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.